0: Welcome, everyone, to the podcast. This week, I chatted up with the baseball manager and athletic director, right? Yes, sir. At Inwood Campus. He is Anderson Amante. How are you, buddy? I'm
1: all right. Yourself?
0: I'm good, man. Thanks for coming on the podcast. You got it. So as a, my first real coach on this podcast, it's important for me to get the the sort of uh beyond the rules aspect of what a relationship can be beyond the game of coaches and umpires. And we've worked enough games to, we know each other's style of coaching and umpiring respectively. But before I get to all that, tell me about your background. Tell me how you got started in athletics, where you're from. So uh,
1: I grew up in the Bronx, 30 years in the Bronx, playing sponge ball. you know, started playing off the stairs. Just little kid stuff and then You're in Bronx? Ah, uh, yes.
0: You're Dominican, right?
1: Yes. Dominican descent. So I, I grew up loving the game of baseball, watching it on TV. I'm a Yankees fan, one hundred percent. And um I just I grew up loving the sport, respecting the sport and learning from the sport little by little. I didn't know I was gonna get so much from it that I got already, but I got into coaching because I played the game myself.
0: Yeah, before coaching, uh, where did where did you play? Oh, and before that, did anybody get you into baseball, or was it just something that you just naturally picked up? Like you have a dad or an uncle? No, just
1: naturally picked it up in the streets playing, mm-hmm. like I guess, punch ball and um go to the and park. Where, with where the, did you go to high school? Manhattan Center. For, oh, nice. And I played for Edgar Leon.
0: What position did you play? Third base. Third base, nice. And it's funny, I have a um a friend who's. His girlfriend, she, he doesn't know shit about baseball. She, she started texting me about it, all the equipment he should get. I texted it all back, and he's going to Manhattan Center himself. So you started Manhattan Center third base. You played all four years third base, and and were you good, or did you just love it?
1: I was pretty good, yeah. I would say that shout-out to to Richie Leon, man, uh, my, my head coach. is still coaching there now. Um, I was, I was pretty good. I was decent. I was the MVP. He nominated me for the most valuable player. Playing there, we beat G-dubs. Or George Washington. They go by G-Dubs. Yes. Um, they beat G-Dubs uh, when I was there. Uh, shout out to Nick Carbone, who's holding the program down now. Okay?
0: Carbone does a great job.
1: Yeah. So, Nicholas Carbone. So, um, just want to shout him out there. But, uh, yeah, we beat them when I was there uh, with Mandel. Uh, that was the mm-hmm. coach then. They always had a good program, but I was glad to beat them when I, were there, when I was there as a In player. In
0: championship or... Or no, just in the season. Regular yeah. season. Or beating George Washington is an accomplishment for Manhattan Center, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. They're always a powerhouse.
1: Yeah. I don't know if you know, but Manhattan Center just beat Monroe 6-5 uh, about three days ago. I did not know that. Yeah.
0: I- I'll see Turo, uh, Michael Turrell next week, so uh, yeah. I'll be sure to bring that up. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I I could, see the- I could hear and see the pride, too. You're like, hey, yeah. Yeah, that's my team, that's man. Right. That's right. Yeah, man. So- I-, I went to Lehman High School myself so what, oh. what were the years that you went
1: uh went there 1999
0: uh 2003 ah, so you're a year younger than i am yeah i graduated i went from 98 to 2002 yeah so wrestling was my sport i was i always considered myself as a baseball i'm a i'm a professional watcher i used to be an amateur watcher now i'm a professional watcher yeah. but, uh, but like you it was a sport that i always loved and i i I found out a way to make it love me back just like you have because you put so much into it and, and going on from, you know, your, your love of the game and playing it to starting coaching in my research, I noticed you coached at Dodge first.
1: Yes, I did. Um, so the way I became a coach is like, basically, uh, I didn't think I was ever going to coach the sport, but when I landed up in a, in the middle school in Kappa three, that's on 180th and Mapes Avenue in the Bronx. <laughs> so I they didn't have any sports there. And you know, a couple of kids said they wanted to play basketball. I had no knowledge of basketball. So I was like, you know, acting coach, baseball, believe it or not, they said rugby. So I started with rugby. And then I, they saw that I was like terrible. I don't know anything about the sport. So I was just learning with them. And, um, we learned together and I decided to to coach baseball with them, with the little ones. I got a phone call from this guy at Dodge that I knew. Said, You want to coach the baseball team here at Dodge? I said, I don't know. I gotta get the time. And I said, Okay, sure. And I did.
0: You first was Dodge and you got that job just by coaching this rugby team?
1: No, I built that middle school team into a baseball team.
0: Oh, so you, you parlayed your rugby coaching into a baseball team? Yeah. Like, like, how did you do that? You just like, yeah, hey, uh, Latin I, kids, let's just play baseball instead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, let's. I just convinced them. I was like,
1: come on, man, forget about rugby. Let's do this. And they were like, oh, all right, all right, let's go, let's <laughs> try.
0: It. Sounds like a better idea. Anyway,
1: they actually liked it, and that's. I got a phone call from um from Dodge. Mm-hmm. It said you want to coach the, the baseball team? I said, sure, no problem. Little did I know when I got there, there was an athletic a director, Elaine Peely, who was just a mess, man. She was, she was tough. She said, you're practicing too much. You're doing too much with the baseball team. You know, we need these kids to do, pass their classes. I was like, you know, of course, I'll get them there, but let me get them where I want them physically and in shape to play for the season. She didn't let me all right um we went three and 13 i believe that year uh or something like that
0: uh um, i have the record actually you went um you went two and 14 sorry. two and 14
1: yeah two and 14 <laughs> worse i believe we went three and 13 though so we 14 because it's a tech psal said it was a technical they gave me the loss it was a technical thing with psal uh, one game wasn't supposed to play.
0: <laughs> don't don't add one loss and and, and minus one <laughs> win, but yeah. So so you I mean, it's Dodge too. 2013, you started coaching at Grace Dodge. That was your first year. You had a a losing record. We'll not talk about how how much or how little. But from there, um, you had a few years between that and coaching at Inwood. How did uh, how did that experience affect you positively or negatively or both?
1: That's a good question. In 2013. I was expecting to like ram sack the league with Grace Dodge. I had some powerhouse kids, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna kill the league. Came down to the season, and all those kids failed off. So as I was they like, they do. I was like, as they usually do. What in the world happened here? So that's when I learned that these kids had to pass their classes. So that from that year on, when I picked up on Inwood in 2017, but it wasn't the gap years. It was more. When are we ready for PSAL baseball? Because we were playing in another baseball division. We're Inwood all those years.
0: Yeah. Oh, when you first started, right?
1: Yeah. but before PSAL 2017, Mm -hmm. we I was coaching at Inwood already.
0: Oh God, God, God! In
1: a different league. Yes. Like an outside league from PSAL. Yeah. Um, could be like the charter division. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. 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 um, so you're just like a development program. Not development. Not development the, in in terms of the the team, but in development that there's no. It's like an outside league. Correct. Correct. Like independent league. Yeah. In
1: 2016, I put I put in the application for PSAL, and they approved us the next the very next year.
0: How does that process work? Like, uh, do you have to prove that you're good? No.
1: So you have to prove you have enough kids that are interested in the sport, because you don't want it to to happen like what's happening with Evander this year. They don't have enough players. So they're forfeiting their games. Oh,
0: Poor Vander.
1: Yeah, so they ha- they only have six players total. So that's what PSL tries to avoid. Um when it comes to things like that.
0: And, and you have to have at least eight, right? Twelve. <clears> twelve, <throat> really? Mm-hmm. Twelve. Man. I don't know if Morrisana had twelve, maybe just had twelve bodies. But then when they handed me a lineup, there was only nine people written on it.
1: Right. Twelve. And the roster,
0: yes, yes, yes. Exactly. Nine yes, had to play. See, I mean, these are things that, I, I, as an umpire, you know, I don't, I don't know those, those coaching logistics as you, you're explaining to me right now.
1: So right now, when you see teams that they have, they carry extra bodies, is for that exact same reason.
0: Absolutely, and they, they don't want to forfeit games switch jerseys and stuff like that. No, really
1: Get it. All right. So then, after that, uh, when I I got approved for uh, 2017. PSL approved us. They saw we had enough players. We had a practice facility. We could afford our own uniforms. Those are questions they ask you. Can you afford your own uniforms? And I said, yeah. And then um we got into it developmental. We went six and one. But with that one loss, it was because Purchase told me, don't worry, start the other kids that don't get to play. Because we were, I, I believe we were playing MBA. Um this, this is the
0: 2017 business, season, right?
1: This is Academy. Yeah. Um, and we lost that one game. Um, But 7-5, seven, 7-6, seven, something like that. Mm-hmm. That was because the coach said for us to take it easy. Uh, Purchase, the commissioner. Yes. Shout out to Robert Purchase.
0: Shout out to Robert Purchase because I umpired the single-A championship game last year. And, you know, he gives a sign baseball. I got the double-A one this year. And next year, I got the triple-A one. And I don't know if you know, uh, each borough it rotates by year, uh, which position. I don't know what we get this year. Last year was a uh, second base, but next year for AAA, I get the plate. That's one as one of my bucket listings. Finally, to you know, and it's gonna go back to Yankee Stadium. Thank God. Yes. So, yeah, yes. Robert Purchase, the man, he's good. And he's yes, sir. He appreciates my work too. So, and I'm sure he does you. Yes,
1: yes, he does. Um, I was just on the phone with him earlier today, uh, because we don't have a uh, field for Monday against Morris. The that's same, the same I'm game. That
0: game. I'm working that game. Behind the plate.
1: Yeah, we don't have a field for that game. All We're right. looking for a field. So he told me to get on top of that that information with uh, Coach Socrates, the
0: young kid. You know they have a good field, man.
1: Yeah, but they're getting they're getting it fixed.
0: Uh, wow! Again?
1: Macorsona one. That one's
0: no, no. I'm t- I know, I know what you're talking about. The one that they usually use before. And it's, yes, correct. And, uh, I forgot the coach's name before. He meant he kept that.
1: Uh, that was Richie Corvo.
0: Yeah, Corvo, man. He kept that thing up yeah great coach so yeah so oh wow breaking news conundrum we don't have a feel for the game i gotta, coach, <laughs> I, gotta I gotta contact jimmy uh Ogerman jr because he's gonna be on the bases we'll figure it out um so that's another thing that's like uh beyond the coaching you know like you have to go through all these logistical things you're not just showing up drawing up lineups you're not just drawing up positions you gotta do a lot to make sure the game just happens you know and that's uh that's something i can appreciate uh because it's easy to, to, to coach in that way. Right. Like, that's like, uh, it's like when a, when a band's making an album and they're writing a song, that's hard, but when you get to perform it, that's like the easy part, you know, like so that this process of you making the game happen is rewarding in its own way, but it's rewarding because you get, when you actually get to work the game coach and see your kids uh succeed, that is your measure of, okay, well, this is why I'm doing it. You know? And not everybody sees that in coaching. You can tell them, it, but it's a, it's a, it's an experienced thing uh, people can either, they can get that they don't get it. And that's the thing about umpiring too. Sometimes people are not even attached to any of the teams. It's just <clears throat> in the middle of Cortona park and they're just shouting out, Hey blue. And yes, you know, sir. it's just like, well, okay. And when you get coaching, you have to, you have to deal with parents. You know, these aren't, these aren't adults. you have to do so much more that it, it, you're a, a teacher in a way too.
1: That's true. That's how it is.
0: So yeah. So you had your first year. You you had a success as a first year. Yeah. You, you'd say that, and your record reflected it. You know, six wins is no matter what. Six wins. You know, as first year in the PSAL, right? Yes. Yes.
1: And um, as Inwood, as inward. as inward, right? And after that, you could see that I was building up a program because after that, up in 2018, I went uh, or we went 14 wins and one loss.
0: Yep. 14. That's in. That, I got it right now. Yeah. And real quick, what's the school attached to? It's not Inwood Academy, which is another school. Oh, the name of the school is High School for
1: Excellence and Innovation, and then you have Inwood Early College. So I have two schools inside oh, the building. Yes. Yeah.
0: That's yes, yeah, because I, I, I Inwood Academy, they have a good wrestling team, so I often in my head, and you, know, you guys are nowhere near each other, but uh, so yes, yeah, so, actually no, no, you
1: we are near each other.
0: Yeah, I mean near each not other, not super close, but. Yeah. And for people listening who don't understand the the schematics of New York City, uh, Inwood is a neighborhood in upper Manhattan, like above Harlem. And the way a lot of uh, city schools have gone since at least Anderson and I were in high school, they, they split them up. Like Lehman High School, when I went, there was just one school. Now it's seven or whatever. So it is, even though they're in the same building, they don't necessarily go to the same school, but then they could be on the same team. So that, you know, it like creates a little confusion in that. In that space. So yeah, let's go to your first successful year, true successful year, 14 and one as a double A team, right? In 2018?
1: 2018. We were single A.
0: Single A, yes. Yeah, you gotta graduate, right?
1: Yeah, we was gra- we were graduating.
0: And that's why you came into my um because I, I don't do much single A. And I only uh I first met you at a Monroe tournament way back. And you had uh amongst the umpires a reputation. And I always uh, no not to speak ill of my fellow umpires i can figure out how they're talking about somebody in in ways that like maybe they're just too passionate for their liking versus they're an asshole and i never understood or i never got the feeling that this guy was an asshole it was just that this guy was too passionate and they don't know how to deal with that
1: that's something that i like that you bring that up because they they I, i dislike that you can't say i'm an asshole in part in the word No, that's a good first
0: for the podcast. (laughs) Because
1: what happens is, I'm very passionate. I'm gonna. It's like I'm. I'm gonna fight. I'm in my kids. I'm in the moment. After that's over, I'm gonna shake your hand, win or lose. I'm gonna be respectful the entire time. It's just a competitive vibe, you know. I'm in the moment. That's all it is.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I generally have a good read on on those things, and I, I wouldn't do this if I didn't think I was good at my job, and then I wouldn't have nothing to. What would I be talking about? And I wouldn't get people like you to at least acknowledge, at least a little bit of, to come on the podcast and talk to me about it. And when I first met you at that Monroe tournament, it was at Kennedy and you had the rep. And that was the year that you went, um, it was next year, 2019, when you went undefeated. And even then, I wouldn't consider myself the referee that the last two years I equated to, um, I got my black belt, uh, you know, as an umpire the last two years. And that i was still on the I, st- I knew i was better than most but i didn't i knew i wasn't as good as i could be and all of that information and, and i i recognize you know like i said the difference between a, an asshole and, and somebody who's really just passionate and i think that's partly the way we were raised you have to make those distinctions or you won't have friends or you won't be able to have people talk to you or if you react in a way that some people react in those situations you're not validating that person and it's like man number 1 i got to validate a coach as, as a human and as a man as somebody who's getting paid or an, in a level of not recreation like i'm not going to validate a, a parent who's just holding up a post as a coach because i'm going to give him that respect that that it is you know but you obviously earned your job and the scope of how i see you operate is indicative of how much of respect to give you and i see that the way you are with your kids and that, to me, is is enough. And it's up to me to do my job. It's up to you to do your job. And if there's any conflict, we already have built-in respect that we are trust, we're trusting that we'll work it out. And even if we disagree, we're not going to cross any lines because we respect each other too much. And there's no line to cross because at the end of the day, we'll, uh, we'll be cool with each other's decision.
1: And we'll right. That's the point. I can ask you, uh, you just umpired the Morris game. Mm -hmm. I asked you, I thought that was, he was in. I thought he was in. Hey, you told me, no, he didn't. He he got him, all right? It's just, you have to be a human at the the same time.
0: And and at that point too, which is cool, you just accepted that answer, which is great because we have the relationship in other situations or at this point, you already know it. But in wrestling, coach can like ask for a rules explanation, but you can caution them be like, if this is something that he's going to question my judgment, I have to warn you, but you're not going to waste time with me. And I always say this, a coach should know that you can't outgame them. I, I'm not going to get in an asshole battle with you. I don't know if I can beat you. I don't want to know if I can beat you because no matter what, I become an asshole. I'll let you be one if you want to be one, but I will outgame you because ultimately it is my game. I don't need to flex. I have the last decision, and I'm not saying that to to like like I said, not to flex, but that is what it, my job is. That's right. And when you give me that respect, my answer is my answer, and, and even if you want an explanation which I would have gave you because you you would ask in, in an earnest way because you saw something different. Tell me what you saw. But you just accepted it. And that was it. And you think you cared about it. You brought it up because you remember it. But you had, to, you had a game to win. That's it. You had a game to win.
1: It was and a competitive you, moment.
0: You but can't I, allow your players to harp on that stuff too. They got to move on.
1: There's umpires. You can't even speak to them. And that's where it's like, that's a problem. Like, you know, the coach wants to say something, uh, you know, Blue, this is what I saw. And you could just say, oh, he actually, you know, I had the better angle. I saw him get him on the back, coach. That's good enough. Thank you.
0: Um, That's man, it. You know the explanations I've heard. And, yes, umpires have a job that is uh, is difficult in, in the uniqueness of it. It's not difficult if you know how to do it. It's difficult in the uniqueness that you get a lot of critiques from people who, who do know the job, but they're on the opposite end. And then you have critiques from people who are watching it because their passion is different. Your passion as a coach is different than the passion as a fan, but there's a a mutuality in looking at an umpire that you guys can have that sort of necessary evil that you might look at umpires as, and fans is like ah oh, I I don't I'm not a necessary evil when I walk onto a field and when I walk onto to a mat I want the coach if they know me to be like oh nice he's here okay well I I all I have to worry about is coaching. Yes, and, 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 that's and, that's true. And and and, and, the, and making that reputation is paramount. It, it, it makes my job easier. So like you talk about conversation, I had not that long ago, it was a pulled foot at first and I had the, I was at home, I had the angle and the way the mechanic works is if I have the angle based on the positioning, it can be an appeal play, right? If uh, the other umpire is in uh, what we call the C, to, C position in between second and third, he can see the play, but he can't see if there was a pulled foot you understand what I'm saying, right? Yes. Okay. There was a pulled foot, but I'm not going to volunteer that information. You have to ask for an appeal as a coach. So I could be like, Hey, he calls out. You go time. Can we get an appeal? And that is an appealable play. <laughs> yeah. But I have to. And I've learned too. I can't walk in and volunteer the information. The moment I take a step, you know, I'm. I have information to offer. I have to stay and be neutral. I have to let my partner ask, and then I'll come. My partner didn't even ask. He put his hand up to me, and I knew he would. And it was a scrimmage, but he was wrong. He was not only wrong because it was a pull foot. He was wrong because you got to offer the coach something, especially in that situation where it is an appealable play. And you didn't have the proper angle. So you can be sure of what you saw, but what you saw was limited. You didn't see everything. You couldn't possibly see everything. So why not come to me? And if you want to come to me and be like, bro, I'm not changing my call. Okay. But what are you doing after the game? Not and smile. And then boom, I and I I'll agree with him. He didn't even offer me that conversation. In that situation, if there's a pulled foot, you know, and and you don't have the angle, just come up to me and and, and have a conversation. Even if you want to be stubborn with your call, the optics are so important to coaches. They just want to know you care. They just want to know that they that man. I... I That's I, right. I know your say is final, but entertain me, man. It is not. It's not even like. Like if I if I just told you sometimes we can go we go up to each other and be like yo hey man uh, you check out that girl here, you know and just nod and smile like and <laughs> it doesn't matter to you it's just it gives you the validation that it was a close call can we at least discuss it if I had a situation where uh, there was a play at second base I was the home umpire and uh, whatever it was I disagree with from my head. And I've learned language to even appease coaches. The coach goes and argues and then he comes up to me and he goes, what did you have? And if I had the same call, I'd go, I had what he had, but I didn't, but I'm not going to lie to him, but I'm also not going to be like, yeah, fuck. I don't know what this guy's told. What I had, what what I said was, it doesn't matter what I call because that's his call. Wink. Like how much more of this conversation do you want? I'm I'm telling you without telling you. And then I have levels. Okay, you want to talk about, okay, then what if I did overturn him and you were the other coach? Uh, how would you accept that, that I just went from home plate and said, yeah, you know what, he was safe. Think about it that way. And I allow you as a coach to make the choice to be an asshole or I'm going to figure out you're dumb. Or the third option, conversation's over. The guy was so dense, I didn't know how, if he was trying to be an asshole because I know when people are trying to do something versus when they just don't have the information. I just, I just know. So, yeah, in those situations, I I, I know how to talk to coach and I'm not going to disrespect them, even if even if you disrespect me. What what does it matter that you disrespecting me for me to cause to disrespect any human on any walk of life? I have to care, first of all, and I don't care about you on that level. I care about this game. And if you're disrespecting the game, then that's enough for me. I I don't matter. I'm not out there. I'm blue. Everybody can know the rules. But to to get this relationship, to have a coach come on your podcast and talk about it, it's built and it's earned. And I think a lot of people take it for granted because they're taught in such a way that is too binary. They don't open themselves up to perspective and try to think like other people think. They don't think beyond themselves. Enough about my end of it. Let's go back to Inwood. And how about that 2019 season where you really set the world on fire and where I met you at the Monroe Tournament? Go for it. Yeah.
1: Well, that that season was a little bit, um, bit, it was a bittersweet because of, you know, we had a great season and we won so many games and we were uh, winning here, winning there, and then we make it to the to Yankee Stadium, sixteen
0: and 16 zero, everybody
1: undefeated season, right? And we make it to Yankee Stadium and thinking we, were, you know, and this is where I also learned, you know, because you you learn from. This, like, a devastating loss, such as the championship game at Yankee Stadium. Oh, we were undefeated. We went up there with our chest high, not humble. And, you know, we were winning for sure. This was a a for sure win. You know, Lafayette kids were little. These guys are so small. These guys are not. And they ended up being on top.
0: The ignorance of success.
1: Exactly. So that's what exactly happened. All right. But you learn from these things. And I learned so much, believe it or not from that game. I know it's going to sound like a, you know, COVID whatever, but I was ready to win it that next year.
0: As a coach, I'm sure you have a certain personality. It's like, yes, you want to win every game, but it's up to you to take the, the, the valuable information from that loss and make it a success. You know, failure is the best teacher. That's you right. Know, success doesn't teach you anything. It, it, it validates your, the pursuit, but, the teaching to get better is only going to be knowing what you don't know and figuring it out. Right. And sometimes so, failure is going to be that smack in the face to help you figure it out.
1: That's it right there. So when we got beat, I said, never again would I take a team for granted. And I, I was in that. In that uh, so you uh, think I, you
0: personally took them for granted? Like as, I, as a person, Anderson, the coach, took them for
1: Yes, granted. I did too. I was like, they have no chance I in my head.
0: I'm sure your team reflects that too. In my yeah. head,
1: of course, the team will reflect what the coaches what the coaches feel.
0: And no matter what you say to them, it's a vibe, bro. It's a vibe. Them, it's mostly, especially if you're a good coach, because yeah. it should be it should be vibes and feels. The less you say, it should be the you know the the less you say should be magnified by the message received. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, that's correct. They they you read into their own you you read into your own hype. And that was your first year in Double A too, right?
1: Um, that is correct. Yes. Yeah. So we, we've been moving up pretty quick. All oh, right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but I was, I'm, I'm telling you Lafayette should have came up, which is another thing I don't like about PSAL because they won the chip and yeah. they didn't move up and they didn't move up. They stood in double a and not in, I don't, I don't agree with that. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't know. The, I, they give me a reasoning yeah. behind it, but
0: no, I, 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 in soccer and, uh, I, I only find this out from FIFA because I love soccer, but I didn't know that like in certain leagues, the two last place teams go to the league below and the teams who won the, uh, like if triple A, they go up no matter what. That's how it should be. I like being the big fish in this pond. I get that too, but I, I don't like leaving things up to discretion in that way. It should be something that if you win, you go up
1: automatic. It's just the numbers. Right. And then I said right away, Heck, move me up. I want to go to, I want to go to AAA. Let's put us up there. Cause I want to win AAA. Before
0: we get to AAA, I want, I want you to tell me how you felt when you lost. Like I want like, Oh
1: man. Again, it was a bittersweet because we had an undefeated season and it didn't mean anything. When you lose, it's like you lost every game. That's how I felt. Mm-hmm. I felt like, you know, I'm like the first loser, you know, like that's it.
0: hindsight's oh, yeah. hindsight's the only thing that's going to make you appreciate that journey. Like, right now, you can reflect on that season. Yeah. But in that moment... I was hurt. F it, bro. F it, F it.
1: Yeah, I was hurt. I was hurt. All the fans. There were so many fans there. I mean, my team, we brought, like, yeah. a lot more fans than Lafayette, bro. I, I and I an didn't think that was, was going to happen.
0: Too. Um, Leon Crusade is one of uh, he's a, Leon Crusette's an amazing umpire. And he told me about that game. And, you know, like, he felt like the devastation. Because you guys were... The favorites too or just like not the favorites necessarily but the the momentum was all yours man you got this young good looking bronx dominican coach from the first year in double a undefeated that's i mean i don't know the records in the in the archives but that's pretty historic rise and you know and and in your own mind i'm sure you're like man i could accomplish something amazing right now and yeah and i I didn't think about it
1: like that uh, uh steven Remember, I didn't think about it like that. I thought we already won.
0: Ha <laughs> Yeah, wow. I
1: That's the thing. That was a mm, mistake. Mm. Because I, I like, I'm, a, I'm not that young, but I was a young coach. Oh yeah. I was like, you know what? This is in the bag. Like we like to say, this is this is for sure. Nothing is for sure.
0: That's such Nothing. an immature mindset, too. You know? Yes.
1: And it's and you got to go through it so you can learn from it. And I went through it, and I'm glad, you know. Yeah, of course. So uh, if I felt really – I felt sick, man, after that loss. I felt like I was throwing up in my own mouth.
0: Damn. And, and the only thing you can promise to that team for that – because I'm sure you now can look back, that mindset sort of – not let them down, but you pushed it. That they, they looked up to you with that. And, you know, your legacy now is to take what that meant to you and that hurt and translate it to the, the teams that you have in the future so they never – at least if they lose, they don't lose – like
1: that that's correct and that's what i've been working on
0: that's all, well that's i often say about my job um if you don't grow as a person it's going to reflect in this job that's right and that's one thing that coaches also i mean you can't you can't you can't fake it that way you can't just like okay turn it off problems in your life and come out here and, and expect to give it to you all you just can't it's not the type of job you gotta you gotta grow as a man you got to make sure you're, you're, everything's in order. Your fares are in order. And because if you can't, then you're. Just, it's unfair to the teams that you're coaching. It's unfair to the game that I'm umpiring. It's unfair to everybody else. And it has diminishing returns on my overall job and my career. And I care too much about it, just like you do. And that's what you owe. In a small sense, I owe like certain bad calls that I've had in the past. I owe it to... And I've told coaches this, and I've told them this in, in in ways where in wrestling, I help other officials grow, and I teach them. And a lot of the times, too, you'd appreciate this in wrestling. There's a lot more younger referees. <laughs> if I left BUA, bro, you know how much the average age would go down? And I'm almost 40. So we have a lot uh, better. And I'm going to try to bring that sort of, I'm working on that to bring that vibe so there's more of a cadetness to it. There's more levels of growth that we have uh, in wrestling. And, you know, one time a, a coach was just, he had, I had to intervene, and I spoke up for the the novice uh, referee, and I was like, bro, I know what happened. The only thing I can offer you is that we'll go and we'll work on the, her with that, and I can try to offer you the next time a better referee. That's it. That's all I can do. Hear me out. And what can you say after that, right? I'm verbally saying I'm going to try my best, you know, and, and I have a reputation of doing it, so you know and, and you have that too that is the wind that everybody will come all those kids it'll mean more in that moment to win the chip but it'll have more dividends in their life to be better men
1: yeah but steven just you know just want to add that just them stepping in yankee stadium a mm. big deal you know what i mean they stepped in there they would never probably never in, for the rest of their lives you they just say me i probably do you know,
0: it's a goal for me i just told you, you know, about that it's a goal I, for me to get there
1: i don't know if i you know whoever step into yankee Stadium, and and coach hopefully i will but you know you oh, never know you, you know you can't take things for granted but you know those kids stepped in that field some of those seniors that were on that team they were so happy you know you know and they were like the vibe you could feel them they gave me the hugs thank you so much coach for bringing us here you know they never
0: forget that they will never forget that never you know, i will never forget, forget that them. Yeah, and and that's what I was saying about the hindsight. I'm sure that loss burned, but now you can reflect in that way and be like, man, look what I offered these kids. Because I offered it to myself too. Yes, you have to. My wife always says you can't pour from an empty glass, man. You know, and you fill yourself up. You you build yourself up to be a competent coach, and people see that and look at the what you what you gave a group of kids who, I'm sure, they talk about. I'm sure that's got them some dates. I hope it has. (laughs) yes yes. (laughs) you know but just in general man that's a good accomplishment is good it's intoxicating and offering that is even more intoxicating and that's what a good coach does and that's why i always understand passion versus being a dick and you're you are a passionate person i'm sure you know and have the capacity and have had the environment where you were like oh i'm going to be a dick but and you're not blameless for it but they're doing that on their own, and I'm not going to induce that. And I i think a, a lot of umpires have that power. And as we move on from you know that 2019 season, that was you know almost Cinderella like we get to the COVID, and then the year after, which was kind of a wash. These last two years, you finished uh, last year 14 and two, and how far did you make it to the playoffs? All right,
1: so last year was a was a a special year, man. I thought again. We, were, we had a chance to make it back to the dance. And um, we did it, man. We did it. We had the best pitcher in the league, mm. uh, and Brian Gomez, who's about to get drafted now. He entered the draft last year, but went from 95 miles per hour to 92. He's not, now throwing 96 in Florida. And um, he, he's doing great. Uh, maybe, I know maybe
0: it's the humidity. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. But he's doing great. <laughs> That's awesome.
1: And um, I got there's about 12 Major League Baseball teams looking, looking at him. And then I had also the best catcher in the league. But we made an error down the line where there were four teams left. We played George Washington, best out of three series in the semifinals. Mm -hmm. That's where we made it to semifinals. We played them at home. They had home field advantage because they had beat us in the season. Yeah. And at home, at their home. So we played them at home. We lost 3-2. We were winning 2 zip in the fifth inning. We gave, that, we gave that away. Uh, we lost 3-2. Then we came to our home. We beat them 5-1. We went back to their place and lost 2-1. We made uh, two errors that game.
0: Yeah, I heard about all these results uh, to,
1: too. To lose that game. Yeah. And then they, well. they went to play Monroe and lost to Monroe. Mm-hmm. GW. Yeah. And we beat Monroe twice last year. year.
0: Yep. Uh, I, I had to miss one of those games. Uh, I was going to be the, the umpire. Uh, I had um in the in double A it's not there's no you win and go on there's no um two out of three but I had the um the double A semifinal with South Bronx man and I, I this story is it's one of those moments where I'm like man as an umpire I won't I'll never forget that game because it's the highest I've gotten PSL you know South Bronx is one of the teams like I consider a home base like Monroe yeah I they you know Cologne is my guy you know and I can easily separate myself but you know I I appreciate. Things I see all the time. And they were undefeated, or at least there was no one seed. And this team from Queens comes, like, far Queens. Right, far, Rock, Yeah. Scholars Academy. Yeah. You heard about them, yeah. I'm sure. Yes, yes. So I,
1: they, I actually know I was there.
0: Oh, you were there? Yeah. They were, down, they were down. And then the Scholars Academy, surprising that they were in the lead. South Bronx woke up at the same time that Scholars throwing their uh, sophomore pitcher. Tied the game immediately in the bottom seven, seven, seven. Running on first and third poor kid he's messed up he balks the winning run and yeah oh walk off balk <laughs> and those are just those moments man like i i like you brought a kid to yankee stadium you brought a kid to yankee stadium and then sometimes as a coach i'm sure like oh you you assume the the success in a way but you also have to assume that failure and how much that hurts that kid and just you know i, I don't know like i i I can only relate through the, through my kids, but you have kids, and, but you also have these kids. Like you say, you got a pitcher killing it in Florida. You had a catcher who's a stud. These are your legacy. These people uh, are who you gave their black belt to. Like they are the, the sensei in that way. And they, they will remember you teaching them a very pivotal time to be to uh, accountability. Cause there's no more accountability than sports because it's, Black and white, right? It's just you. you. Nobody can influence it. I mean, influence you to be better, sure, but at the end of the day, it's still you You showing up, and society can't really, like, mess with you in other ways that sports is sort of free of. And it's cool that you have that legacy. It's cool that you've done all this. So, you know, last year came close. This year, a couple of games in, I looked up the schedule. How many people have come over from last year? Like how, like, how many seniors you have and stuff?
1: I only have two seniors mm-hmm. Like that play. Yes. I, have, I have, like, you know what I mean? It's, like, four seniors, but only two seniors that play. I have a young team this year, yeah. which is uh, not being negative. Well, it's a promising year next year. It's looking like it's going to be an unstoppable year next year.
0: That's the perspective, too, that you you weren't offered because you had such a hot start. You know, like, now you sort of have to work backwards. Yeah. You know, and I, I see that where you just went, single A, successful year. Double A, almost championship, Triple A, then COVID last year in the Final Four. You know, you you're building the plane while flying it, but you've also flown so far with it. You know, and it, it's hard to it's hard to manage yourself that way. You know, and I could see like Ugh!
1: Yeah, to... but you, you got a taste of it though, man, and I you know. want it back. So it's like
0: and most people who we're are working hard. Most people who are in the process of learning how to coach, but you still are in a way. Don't have yeah. that taste, you know. They don't have that taste, and I think in the end, if you won that championship, it it might have hindered you. I'm not saying that you would have, whether you win more championships or not, or any. When it's all said and done, when you take the whole picture of Anderson Almonte's career, the loss was better because of it. you are a better man because of it. You grew, and growing That's and true. progression is more important than anything else. That's just, that's, that's man shit. That's, that's, you know, adult shit. And, and kids will, will feed that. And, and you, offering that is a win all the time.
1: That's true. Um, you know? but you mentioned South Bronx, South Bronx came up now to AAA. They have a good team. Um, Moreau always has a good team. We got a shout out to Mike Toro.
0: Mike Turo. You know, I'm, I know I'm going to have him on soon. He's just busy. Yeah.
1: The guy is like, he's a legend, a legend, you know, when it comes to PSAL baseball.
0: Um, uh, a, yep. Like a legend, legend, man. Have you seen yeah. the scoreboard? Yeah, so Mike yeah. Turo's. Yeah, Mike Turo man. Field, man. I mean, he deserves yeah. it. I should put a statue like Rocky up there, yeah. bro.
1: That's like one of my goals, believe it or not. Oh, no, I feel I right. mean, 10 years down the line, because, you know, it's going to be a little hard, but.
0: I have my people. I interviewed him I mean. last week. If you listened in the last interview, that that's one of my Mike Turo's. I look at him and I'm like, Ugh. Yeah. You know, you know how much, you need that. You need those people because. As good as you are, you know how far you have to go, and you want to go that far. Yeah, you know.
1: You also mentioned uh, um, the age gap in reps, and that's a big deal, man. Because uh, I don't know what it is, but PSL has a lot of like older reps, and like you know, they can't really get to the play. They want to. They want to call the play from the the other side of the field because they don't. They can't move, and it's it's unfortunate, but. You know, it's real, you know? It's real. It's, it's messing up some calls because they cannot get there to the spot.
0: You know yeah, what I mean? You're not criticizing. You're analyzing their skill yeah. level. It's like uh, I wouldn't expect uh, my two-year-old to do a backflip if he's never been taught. And not only that, even if I teach him, you, you got to teach him as like a two-year-old. They teach everybody the same. Not only that, they don't even teach him right. Uh, so you're learning not right, and you're learning somebody who's being who's been 25 years in the game and somebody who's just coming in the same time.
1: Like, that's right.
0: Where, where is that? It's a big gap. There's no development. And that causes people up top to not grow. And that causes people in the, in in the bottom to get discouraged. And that discouragement could keep, keep prevent them from keeping doing it, keep them out in general, or it can put their process in a way where they are, it's going to take them longer to get better. And I've seen that, you know, I talk to coaches sometimes, in wrestling, it's a little different. I, in wrestling, I'm not blue; I'm me, because I'm it's individual. I walk onto a field. It's I, I'm not only am I blue. I have a partner, and it's a little more personality based. I think it's the development every year when I'm done with baseball. i I know I have so much more to bring into wrestling, and then when I'm done to wrestling, i because they offer such things that are uh, the same coin, but one's heads and one tails, and I could bring them together. And one of those things is we don't allow <laughs> the first year officials to do certain games that, and it's not, and, and it's not just because of uh lack of teaching and there, there's just not that many umpires. Sometimes you got, you need to have a warm body and that's another thing. That's, that's another thing. And, and, but, but chicken and the egg, which comes first, right? I'm going to attack it in the middle. I'm going to uh, hopefully develop a program and, Get kids out of high school, start them on a recreational level, confidence, not only confidence, accountability to and way to grow. So, okay, you've earned this. Now you can go here, like a belt system. And I think that's the only way to make officiating. Not I should say the only way. I think that's the 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 main way to start. The is best way. Yeah, you know, I'll find out if it's the best. But I think this is the best approach. You know, until I try it. And, you know, I don't want to think I won the game before I had it, you know, like some, you know, PSAL team. that. Was a <laughs> <laughs> but no, but that my goal is not is really like we're in this to make whatever we put our, put in there better. Like we want we, we want better. And, and we have egos, but it's not about us. And we allow our egos to be fed by the accomplishment, not by what we say. And you learned a hard lesson in that. And I don't get every call right. And a lesson in not getting every call right is coaches validating me in a way where I can be honest and we could disagree. But that's that. There's no argument. And and that takes time and that takes effort and that takes experience. And, and putting kids in that situation where they have first year and they have to deal with you, you know, they're not going to be able to tell passion from anything else because they don't know. They're they're too worried about messing up. And then if you're too worried about messing up, you're not going to get better. And you're not going to do yourself a good a favor being on the field where you don't care. You have a job and you don't have to worry about somebody else not being able to be good at their job. And that that's, that's a big, something's got to be done and I'm going to try. So I like uh, that. I like and, that. And, you know, in closing, let's let's being realistic. You have a young team. What would in your eyes be, Right now, a couple of games in this is a successful season.
1: Making it to the third round in the playoffs, or maybe maybe the quarterfinals, that'll be a successful season.
0: Got it. Yeah, that's simple. Build from that.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm. I always tell the seniors, play like this last year, because when you give us your all, some kids will give more because they have more to come. But you gotta give us your all. You're not playing. You're not playing high school baseball. Ever again in your life, this is it right here. So I tell them that. That's a little thing that I talk to them about.
0: Mm, I, but my I,
1: guys, I, I train my guys not to argue with umpires, man. All right, that's a big deal for me. I don't, I don't let my kids argue with umpires. All right, that's 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 like one of my rules in my team.
0: Yeah, and yeah. it it should be binary in that way. Um, you know, when you work with past high school and and players who are trying, this is their career money. You can't do a, oh, you're up by ten, and you look at the batter and be like, you know, strikes them a little bigger. You can't do that to these people. And you have to offer them, sort of what I would offer like a a varsity coach, a, a little more rope because of the passion. And I have to, I don't offer that to players, uh, of a, a high school level. Like yesterday, a kid I threw out, he stood on the plate after a strike call, and that's I <laughs> I looked at the bench and i looked at everybody i I said time i was like everybody's acting like you guys are good if you guys were half as good as talking maybe you'd actually be good at baseball so stop or i'm going to throw out one of your coaches
1: you know yeah control you guys got to control the game you have to but i also have to put this if not it's over
0: and i also have to you know be bronx with them you know and i joke with kids like this one kid behind was joking he's like uh, it was a a wild pitch and he was standing by the gate. He's like, Chill, I wanna have kids. And I turn around, I was like, You gotta get laid first. And you know <laughs> it, it, it brings everybody down. It it knows that I'm hearing you though too. But I'm not, you know, I don't suggest every umpire do that. That's that's not one size fits all, but I'm from the Bronx. I grew up not that far from where I was umpiring. I know, I know these people, these are my people. You know, I don't expect Jimmy Jr., you know, who was on that field. <sighs> to you know, they, they do that and he, he's very brash and he's got a way and that's fine and it's up to everybody to adjust but i don't want everybody to automatically think oh i gotta adjust to this guy i'm a part of the game and i will not interfere until i have to and i will make it worth it every time you know i interfere because you trust that i don't want to interfere. i want the game to happen that's right. all an umpire is only supposed to be there for like two percent of the time other times i'm just i got to the best seat
1: yeah i got a couple of questions man um there's one of the things that that i always see game is done umpires leave right away like that's not, that's something I'm you're ca- supposed to do
0: captain irish goodbye no <laughs>
1: yeah, whoop, yeah this um, a B, like where are they went?
0: <laughs> no uh, for, for me uh I, I am famous for my irish goodbyes like the game yesterday bro if I didn't have to see Jimmy after the game to give him something to give to his father, who's our assigner, I would have texted him. Bye. He saw these teams clapping and stuff like that. i am That game's over. If something happens, I'm not witnessing that.
1: That's true. Okay, that's right.
0: But if it's you and it's a school, I'm going to stay and shit. you know, unless I got something to do. And even then I'll acknowledge you. I can't speak to anybody else, but those are my reasonings. If it's a heated game and I need to get the hell out of there because I want to witness less, that's it. My job is over. Anything yes. else, I just I'm like, ah, oh, I'm committed by by virtue of witnessing it. And I have to say something.
1: And 99% of the umpires that like they always like Irish goodbyes. I don't see them, they disappear quick.
0: I'm Usually like, the good you know, ones are I, I, I yeah. guess. The bad ones yeah. want to stick around and they kind of want to curry favor and smile because they know in the back of their mind they're like, "Yeah, maybe if I act like a nice guy, they'll forget how shitty I was." Like. <laughs> but anyway, bro, any more questions, man? I think we wrapped it up. This was oh, excellent, man. Cool. I'm gonna have you on again, and and you know, I want this is for the PSAL. This is for New York City sports. This is for minorities who are trying to break through in ways that you know it's important for other people to see. I purposely look like this because I like to dress like this, but I want other umpires and, and other kids to look. Uh, See is that it's you're not you're just, you're, not only that you know I could they can relate to me. Yeah, you can cool. relate to an old white kid, a white guy rather, you know. And that's not. It's just you have to see it to to think it, you can do it. And if that's something I can offer, then I'm gonna I'm gonna go out of my way to to try to offer that. And I know you do too.
1: No, thank you, Steve, for the opportunity, man. I really appreciate being here with you, um, taking this opportunity to talk about it, hash it out face to face. I really appreciate
0: this, man. Man, I truly enjoy this. Uh, this is I'm getting to a point where I, I don't have to worry too much about how I sound. I can enjoy and I really, really enjoyed this. Thank you. Anderson Almante, coach from Inwood Campus. Boom. Thank you.